It has been so long. I have no fucking clue whose turn it is. I don't either, actually. And it's impossible to determine. Justin, mm. A through Z. We'll just start over. P. P. That, that kind of ties into one. Um, between our last recording and this recording, uh, Matthew Perry died. Star of Friends and mm. uh, the whole nine yards. And isn't it like the whole 10 yards? They yep. did two of those. And then, I don't know, there's that movie he did with Selma Hayek. Fools Rush In. That one. Mm-hmm. Uh, 17 again with Zac Efron. Yep. But yeah, he passed away. Um. And it took COVID deniers like a whole, you know, three days to go. He had a heart attack because he was vaccinated. Oh, I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. Because wow. it could have nothing to do with the fact that Any he, of his health issues. he has had, a, a, you know, a highly documented history of health issues, including a cardiac event, I believe a heart attack in 2020, you know, before the vaccine. Right. None of that could be a thing. I saw somewhere they had like 16 stomach surgeries, I think, over the course of since he's been on Friends. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, any any number of things, mm-hmm. but, you know, these fucking vultures have to fucking comment on something. Right. Yeah. Bottom That's crazy. The lot of them. Um, also, Richard Roundtree died. I mean, most mm-hmm. iconically known as Shaft. He was the original yeah. Shaft. He showed, then he was in also the remakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So that was a couple of days or so before. Matthew Perry, maybe a week before, something like that. I'm bad at the timelines. Couple of weeks, maybe, yeah. Not a couple of weeks, a couple of days. It, they're it, they're within days of each other. Okay. Yeah, because this is between the last recording and this one, so. I guess I feel like it's been much longer <laughs> since since we recorded. So my time, it's been a month, guys. I don't know, just my timings are off. And I didn't. I mean, honestly, I never really watched. Um, Shaft, but I knew who that was. You know what I mean? Like he was just kind of well known. But I mean, yeah, the Friends one uh, with with Matthew Perry, that one was tough. Like I think I've been watching Friends since I was in like sixth grade, so it was kind of like almost you feel like oh, somebody that I grew up with just kind of died. It's very weird, but at the same time, it's unfortunately one of those where it was probably the closest to home of like a celebrity death, I would say, but also not surprising just because how bad of his health issues he's had, you know what I mean? But I do, as far as we know, as of now, there's been no like foul play or, you know, drug or alcohol use involved specifically well, with his passing. The toxicology right? report still hasn't come in. Okay. So they said they found nothing at the scene. Well, there was nothing at the scene. Yes. Mm -hmm. There was nothing around him 
right. at the time that pointed towards there uh, being some sort of foul play or drug right. or alcohol, you know, right there. Mm-hmm. But yeah. And I'm really hoping that they don't determine he did because I just, he struggled so long with that, that I hope he, you know, was still clean from it. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that it comes up where that wasn't a, a factor in it directly, but yeah. But I mean, I just think it's cool. Like just the, the organizations that he started to help people with addiction and stuff like that. So it's really a bummer. And I feel like he's probably like, I know I'm the only one on this podcast who's really watched friends on a like consistent basis, but I feel like he's probably like Chandler was the most popular character. I think on the show, like everybody knew who that was, even if you never watched the show. So yeah, I think just, yeah, he was just very popular. Even, even without seeing him, like, you know, his one liners and you know that he's that sarcastic one and all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah, uh, I never really watched Friends. My Friends knowledge is very, very limited. I know there's something about pivoting on a couch. And there's something, and weirdly enough, everything I know about the show is Ross related because it's pivoting with a couch and then just them con- him constantly yelling, but we were on a break or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. That's really about it. That's a it. show in a nutshell. Yeah. Oh, and I the one thing I do know about Chandler's character is nobody knew what he did for a living. Correct. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm tapped out. That's about it. Yeah. That's okay. At least you knew who he was and you knew that detail, right? So. I suppose. Um, And some other news. Uh. As of this recording, there's still no deal between SAG and the AMPTA, uh, but they have talks scheduled for Thursday, November 2nd. Apparently, according to the AMPTA, if they do not come to a deal now, that there will be no more talks until January. So we will see. But that's all we've got right now. Uh, SAG re- or uh, related to that, but in a kind of cool thing related to this SAG uh, contract. Um, so when Taylor Swift did her heiress to her movie, part of the deal uh, she did was with was an interim deal with SAG AFTRA to. So that she could promote the movie and it not be considered scab related. Um, So she came up with an interim deal with them. And then also there's no studio involvement because none of them wanted to distribute. So she distributed through AMC anyway. But as a weird also turn with that, you know, it's been out in theaters for a little while and streaming services want it. And she has told the streaming services she will not negotiate a deal for her movie to go to any streaming services. Until a deal has been uh, reached with SAG. So she's holding her movie hostage from streaming services until they get their heads out of their asses and come to a deal with SAG. So I thought that was really cool because she really doesn't have to do any of that. It's a concert film. 
It's not really anything related with SAG, but she's being insanely respect, uh, respectful when it comes to the strike and, you know, trying to help how she can because she is somebody with immense influence. So That's really cool of her, yeah. That's pretty tight. Yeah, and it's funny because it's only really hurting her in that instance. Because, I mean, it's a self-produced movie. It, like, so if, you know, when she comes to a deal with whoever for however much money they want to pay her to put their movie on their streaming service, she gets half that money. And I think the other half goes to AMC with their deal. But, I mean, she's set to make a bunch of money. You know, I could easily see someone, whoever, paying easily easily at least 250 to $500 million for exclusive rights for that for streaming. And she's she's easily set to make half of that. And she's like, nah, not to, you know, come to a deal. So I thought that was really cool of her. I know everybody's tired of Taylor Swift news, but hey, that's some really cool shit. Uh, weirdly yeah. enough, in other news, when it comes to streaming services, uh, Disney, who owns 66% of Hulu, while Comcast owns the other 33 you know, owns a third of it, essentially. Um, Disney is set to buy the rest of Hulu from Comcast for $8.6 billion. So Disney wants to buy all of Hulu to do, I don't know what to do with it. I mean, they're just to own it, I guess. I mean, it's essentially their version of adult Disney Plus. That's where all the shit that they own that they can't put on Disney Plus goes. You know, so all your rated R films are on Hulu. That's all it is. But I don't know. I guess they just want all the money for that. So. And the final little bit of news I have is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 2 is no more. Mainly because they decided they're just going to change the name and not have it be Part 2. It's just going to be Mission Impossible, whatever they're going to call it. And they will retroactively go back and on digital releases and on streaming releases, they will change Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 to just Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning. Okay. That's all. That's fair. Uh, A lot of it has to do with the fact that that movie vastly underperformed. And it's, it's this weird, like, cataclysm of events because, A, it released two weeks before the whole Barbenheimer thing, it released, you know, two weeks before the strike started. And whilst they were in the middle of a writer strike and right before the screen actors guild strikes happened. uh, And also it was just such an expensive movie to make. So I think the last estimates I saw originally, I thought it was around $400 million to make. I think it's closer to like $530 million to make. And it it wasn't necessarily because of the movie itself as much as it was of them filming during COVID. So there's all the extra safety protocols during COVID. And because Tom Cruise is just weirdly the nicest producer ever, anytime they shut down that film due to COVID, they continued to pay the crews. During those shutdowns. 
So the crews were not not getting paid when they would shut down for COVID. So like that's and that just, you know, it, it, it bleeds money in those instances. Mm-hmm. So like, in all, if it was realistic, the movie probably would have cost around one hundred and fifty million as it was. But, you know, and I, I think that they're just kind of wanting to reset with it. And I think that that's somewhat fine because we when we talked about it, one of the things I talked about was it didn't really truly end on a cliffhanger. They did it. They fairly wrapped up a lot of it. I mean, it was kind of, yeah. you know, there were some threads open, but. So it makes sense that they're just being like, eh, the next one's going to be, you know, Mission Impossible. I'm on a plane or whatever. I wonder if they thought initially that that would actually garner more people to watch it. If they're like, oh, there's a part one and a part two. Like, maybe. I don't know. Eh, Who knows what these studios think? They're all stupid. But, yeah, so. um, And that makes sense. Uh, Also, just. Even though even though they might come to a deal. As soon as tomorrow. uh, uh, at the time of this recording, expect it to be a while before movies really start coming out again. Yeah, we've got some releases coming out and stuff like that, but that still doesn't mean that they're done moving stuff. Because essentially, if they come to a deal now, they're probably not going to start filming anything until January. And if it's a big enough movie with big stars attached, those production schedules are going to have to get shifted because... They might have had, they might have deal, like an actor might have a deal on four different movies that they would have been filming at a staggered, you know, time frame since when the strike started. And it's going to be whichever movie goes into production soonest. So another movie might get put on hold because their star actor is not available yet. You know what I mean? So it's going to be a wild, wild time coming up. If, and that's assuming they come to a deal tomorrow. If this really does go on hold till January, who knows? So. You guys got any more movie news? Anything else that I missed? I did see that they are doing an It Follows sequel, which I don't know how to feel. Like, I'm kind of looking forward to it, but kind of like, don't don't touch something that's so good (laughs) but i thought that was interesting although i mean that would be kind of scarier if you think it's just one of those ghost things following you and then it turns out it's nine of them yeah because it is called they follow right so maybe that's what they're gonna do i don't know yeah i hope it's good i really hope it's good. i know i really loved the first one as much yeah. as it is an allegory for STDs, which kind of makes it weirdly less sex positive than I would like, it's still so good. Like, that was one of the first movies in a long time on a rewatch. I'm paying less attention to what's, like, happening in the foreground, and I'm just constantly scanning the background, looking to see if I see the little fucker just walking. And and it's just as enjoyable watching it that way as it is just watching it actually happen. Like, cause you're just so in like enveloped in what's in the movie when you're doing that. Cause you're just like, do 
see the fucker and you'll start focusing on people and you're like, that's the fucker, isn't it? And then they like turn and go somewhere else and you're like, fuck it. That one, the fucker died. Miss him. You, the, like you feel like it's like <laughs> happening to you. Cause you're like that much like an Eagle eye looking for that guy. Oh, it's so fun. If you've never watched it follows just watching the background to see if you can see the it following. Oh, I cannot recommend that enough. It's so fun. Especially do it, do it at night with a big ass TV. Oh, it's so fun. You got anything, Justin? Any news from your side? I was trying to think. No, I can't think of anything. I think you covered most of the stuff that I knew about. So, no, it's all good. I mean, I might as well say this. As of half an hour ago, the Texas Rangers won the World Series. That's all I'm saying about that. Fuck them. <laughs> That's all. That's all I got. Oh, one last thing. Uh, man, my Tennessee Titans look so fucking crisp in those Oilers throwbacks. Fuck all those Houston haters and all that bullshit. Fuck J.J. Watt going on national television and crying and whining that those uniforms belong to Houston, even though that's not how property works. Get the fuck out of here. I cannot wait until the Texans come to to Tennessee and we wear our throwbacks again then. And I hope J.J. Watt goes back on the Pat McAfee show and just bitches and moans and whines again. And he's like, oh, the Texans are going to have a chip on their shoulder. 99% of the Texans players don't give a fuck about the Houston Oilers colors. Shut up, JJ. You're a whiny little bitch. I hate JJ Watt so much. All he does is whine. I see. <laughs> Man, when, when, when that Chicago bank bought controlling interest in Whataburger, man, that guy jumps on Twitter and he's like, Hey, George W. Bush and some other random rich Texas guy. He's like, hey, how about we buy the rights and we we buy Whataburger back for Texas and all this bullshit. And I'm like, that's not how things work. You can't just go, I'm going to go buy this back from Texas. When you're also from Wisconsin, you pandering joke of a human being. Like, why is it that he's like, oh, I play in Houston, so I'm Mr. Texas, even though he spends every day he's not doing football shit in Wisconsin? He's not spending that shit in Texas. He don't actually give a fuck about Texas. That motherfucker goes to Wisconsin constantly. He is just a pandering tool of a human being. Guess you can take a man out of Texas, but you can't take the Texas out of a man. Yeah, you can. I'm literally sitting in front of you, Gaston. <laughs> nah, you still got you still got a little Texas on your on your on your skin. You got that Whataburger tattoo. Yeah. You still got a little Texas on you. Which is owned by Chicago Bank. Chicago's <laughs> own Whataburger. That's that new new though. You you got it for the you got it for its Texas roots. Technically, when I got brother. the tattoo, it was owned by Chicago. On. So, 
You grew up on it here, though, brother. Yeah, I didn't grow didn't up on that. it, though. We literally talked about this. Texas I didn't start eating Whataburger until I was in <laughs> high school. So I literally did not grow up on it. That still counts, man. That's part of your <laughs> growth, dog. That's part of your growth. You can't exclude it, man. Just admit it. Just just say what it is, man. I might as Texas well. Texas taught you that, brother. I, Texas taught you that. Texas didn't teach me shit. Yeah, yeah, dog. It taught you about that water. It taught you about that. What a burger. Just like you like it. Being drunk at 2 a.m. <laughs> is what taught me about Whataburger. Thank you very much. Um, In Texas. That's fair. Uh, weirdly enough, and I, I might have brought this up on the podcast before. I don't remember if I did. But, like, out, outside of Whataburger, like, let's set, set Whataburger aside. What fast food place do you associate the most with Texas outside of Whataburger? That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, There's only uh, one right answer. Hmm. That's what I love about Texas. Or a Texas stop sign. The the only one I think I can think of is what is that place in Amarillo with that big ass super steak? Well, that's the big they Texan. Call it the Texan, the yeah. big Texan. No, or, but that's know, not that's a fast kind food of a famous. Place. But that's not thing. a fast food place, though. It's not. I thought it was a restaurant. Well, it's a restaurant, to, oh, but, it's but it's not a, fast food. Yeah, fast food. Okay, yeah, I got you. It has to know. be Dairy Queen, guys. Come on, it's DQ. That's oh, what I love okay. about Texas, or that's what I like about Texas. Uh, yeah. Okay, all DQ. that shit. Yeah. 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 That's fair. I guess I just forget to think of Texas with that because there is one actually right by my house. So I feel like it's not something I only associate with Texas. Well, no, but, but I get your point. No, no. You're getting closer to my point. My point in saying all that was Dairy Queen, as much as everybody in Texas loves to think it's a Texas thing, it's big in Texas, was founded and started in one Joliet, Illinois. Which is where the fuck I am sitting right now. So Chicago land just be owning that Texas. <laughs> that was my whole point. I like that point. All right, Justin, <laughs> get over here. Come and on my, now. My next point <laughs> is this. Jason, what kind of what kind of soda are you drinking over there? Uh, that there Coke Zero Sugar. You know, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought I literally thought we were drinking the same thing, but I'm drinking a Cherry Coke Zero. Nice, nice. I know that's not typically nice. how I start this shit. It's just during the intro song, we both <laughs> took a drink, and I was like, oh, what kind is he drinking? <laughs> hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers podcast. I am Sterling, and as always, I am joined by Heather and Justin. And tonight, we are going to talk about what we liked, didn't like, and everything in between with two movies. 
We're going to talk about Five Nights at Freddy's, and we're going to talk about When Evil Lurks. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section with time codes in the description to allow you to jump around in both audio and video formats for both movies. And with all of that, we're going to start with Five Nights at Freddy's, the biggest Halloween opening weekend of a movie, the biggest hybrid opening of a movie since Black Widow, and the second largest video game movie opening since Mario. Well, behind Mario, I should say. And, you know, going spoiler-free first is, uh, me. Uh, boring as fuck is the best way to describe this movie. Now, to be slightly fair, as much as they want to claim that this movie is made for fans and non-fans of the franchise alike, it's not in any way, shape, or form. This movie is made solely for Five Nights at Freddy's fans and no one else. Now, I could be wrong. I haven't talked to every human being on the planet Earth. But no one I have talked to about this movie that has seen this movie and were not fans of Five Nights at Freddy's liked it. None of them. But anybody I know that is a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's loved it. They're like, oh man, it captures the essence of the games so much. And I was like, man, that is a ringing endorsement for me to never play these games then. It's just filled with a bunch of nonsense. I mean, maybe the games tie this stuff together better. There's multiple games, there's books, there's all this stuff. And it's just, these movies seem to be just a collection of shit from the games. And they say it's a part of the lore and this and that, but with this outing, I don't even really feel any cohesion. There was zero tension whatsoever. And all it made me think was, fuck, I need to watch Willy's Wonderland better. Or again, because it's a better movie. And don't worry, I did. And don't worry, it holds up like gangbusters. We were concerned. I we had were concerned that you didn't. Yeah. So much fun watching Willy's Wonderland. And then it just made me think about Five Nights at Freddy's and go, fuck, that sucked. I mean, I watched that movie on streaming at home. And that movie is probably the most accurate movie title since Snakes on a Plane. Because it felt like I watched was watching that movie for five straight nights. I felt like 120 hours had passed from when I hit play to when it ended. And I feel like my life is worse because I did that. A lot of people talk about the animatronics in this movie. Sure, they're fine, I guess. If you can see them. 
this movie has the cinematography of the Battle of Winterfell from Game of Thrones. I don't really know how anybody went into this movie and watched it and went, oh, it was spectacular. How the fuck did you see what happened on the screen? They lit this movie with a candle from 1982. I actually meant 1892, but fuck me. It's not like that matters because this movie didn't care either. I would talk about the acting performances, but I don't think anybody actually did any acting. I felt like people just read lines. And I don't know. There's some shit about dreams happening in this movie. I guess. Maybe. Because it doesn't matter. It's just shit on the screen. Uh, Shout out to Matthew Lillard, though. He's the only one that went, hey, I'm getting a paycheck. I'm going to earn it, damn it. And he overacted completely. I do like me overacting Matthew Lillard, though. Overacting Matthew Lillard is a kind of fantastic thing that I've grown accustomed to enjoying in my lifetime. If you ever want to see peak overacting Matthew Lillard, just go watch Scream. God, he is overacting to a t- to the degree of Jeremy Irons in the original Dungeons and Dragons movie in that one. But it's always a joy. It's always fun. Yeah, nobody does unhinged like Matthew Lillard. I'll give you that. And unfortunately, there's not enough of that in this movie. So. That's all I'm going to say in this section. Uh, Justin, what about you? What are your spoiler-free thoughts about Five Nights at Freddy's? One night was enough for me, dog. Um, <laughs> like, uh, man, I didn't really enjoy this very much either. Like, it's it's weird. It's just kind of one of those that it's going to be a little tougher to talk about because it's not so bad that it made me angry or like aroused any kind of emotion in me. It's just not good. Everything is just so meh that it's just kind of one of those. You're just kind of pushing through till it's over. And I'm not a fan of these games or anything. I had no idea that this was based on a video game until somebody told me that. So I was like, Oh, it's based on a video game. And so then I was like, Oh, okay, well it's a video game movie. And you know, here lately we've gotten some better, some better video game movies. So I'm like, okay, you know, maybe this thing has a chance. And you know, the, the, the animatronic, uh, people we were going against in this that they looked kind of cool in the previews and everything you know it kind of looked a little spooky and you know it's halloween so you know i was in for a fright night i was ready you know i thought i was in the right mindset for this and after watching it i was just like man like i had the same kind of questions you had like is this 
a good adaptation of the game or is it a bad one? Because I just felt like the movie, the story is all over the place. And I felt like the movie really just had an identity problem. It it didn't know if it wanted to be a horror movie or did it want to be melodrama or did it want to be a mystery or did it want to be about two siblings or did it want, did it want to be about this kind of relationship between a, a cop and a security guard? I don't know this, but, but I felt like we landed on nothing. Like I felt like we had all these things and I just don't know what we actually accomplished. There are times where I thought that it was trying to be like really like horror with the door, with the jump scares and everything. But then it suddenly changed tone. And all of a sudden it was kind of more funny and we're, 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 we're killing one second. Then we're playing around with a kid and building a fort. I don't think that's too much of a spoiler, but I don't know. So tonally, I felt like it was a little, it, it, it was a little crazy to me too. And I was thinking, well, okay, are the video games like this? So I, I didn't go play. I didn't have time to play any of the games, but I watched a couple of playthroughs. I went to YouTube and I watched a playthrough. I was, I wanted to see, okay, am I noticing anything from the movie? And uh, I'll try not to take too long with this so Heather can go, but like in one of the playthroughs I watched, so I watched like the earliest Five Nights at Freddy's because there's been a ton of games now, now and books and stuff like you alluded to, Sterling. So I think I watched the, the earliest game and it's like a point and click computer game and it's kind of like survival horror. Like you you are a, a guy who it's your first night on the job and you're there. And there are these video recordings of this guy saying, well, you know, we kind of got these animatronic animals and uh, they kind of go crazy sometimes and they want to make a animatronic animal out of you. So you kind of need to watch out. You know, it, it's kind of funny. Like when you're hearing this voice recording, and you're like, okay, why wouldn't this guy just quit this job right, right away? But the game is interesting because your control, you are a security guard. So you're checking all these cameras constantly and like, you'll be looking at a camera and you'll see the, the, the animals sitting there, but then you'll come across and check the camera again. And suddenly that animal is gone. And then it's like, don't, you know, it's doing all this foreboding music and stuff. And you got to figure out where they are and shut doors before they can get to you and stuff like that. And, and it had a very, kind of scary atmosphere. Very, it reminded me kind of, of like Resident Evil stuff. That same kind of, you're in this situation trying to survive kind of vibe to it. So I was like, okay. Didn't really feel that in the film though. I I didn't feel what I felt watching that playthrough. I didn't feel any of that in the movie, but I did notice that the, that the, that the animatronic characters and kind of where you are in that game did look a lot like where our main character was on the set. So some of it I could see. I was like, oh, okay, that's where that comes from. That's where that comes from in the movie. Really quick, I watched another playthrough of a game, a later game, I guess. 
and you are trying to get out of the 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 pizza freddy's pizza plates so you're running around and you gotta hide from them and they're trying to come kill you and stuff like that and that was more of like a you know a first person kind of adventure game and it was kind of interesting very colorful you know you're running around and certain animatronics if they see you they alarm them and then they're coming after you you can hear them behind you and you got to run and hide and stuff and the guy who was playing he was just having a hell of a time playing it so i at least got an appreciation of where the fandom comes from and kind of got to see the evolution of two of the games of it and sadly i don't think this movie really captured a lot of what i saw and what I felt watching those playthrough videos. So maybe I'm just not a big enough fan of this. Maybe I'm just, I'm just going to have to maybe just come to the realization that maybe I just don't get this. Maybe I just, maybe I just don't get how the movie successfully upheld these games, but I didn't. So yeah, I just failed to see how even a fan likes this, but, but just like Sterling said, I really don't see how somebody who's not a fan of this could come out going, Oh yeah, this is a a great film. So yeah, that's where I sit. Heather, what about you? Yeah, I feel like I didn't expect the focus of this film to be on so much of the, I guess, backstory or side story of our main character. Um, I'm not necessarily disappointed with that choice. I just wasn't expecting that going into this movie based off of, you know, the, the, the previews and the trailers that we got on this. And um, I also had zero knowledge of this even being a game or a thing before this movie came out. <laughs> so I'm kind of right there with you. I didn't even know it was a thing. So I don't really have anything to compare it to going into this and I just I wasn't sure if that was a good or a bad thing here I think that I mean it was it was all right it was an all right movie um I I do think that it was really slowly paced and felt a little bit repetitive in a lot of ways um even though I was interested in the backstory going on I feel like they kind of revisited it in a way that was not as um, intriguing as it probably could have been. So I feel like that was a little bit of a downfall for it. And yeah, these animatronic things, that was fine. You know, that was okay. Um, But yeah, it kind of felt like this one didn't quite know the genre that it was going for maybe, or like, or it didn't quite know the, the main story that it wanted to try to tell here, I guess. So that that was kind of a throw off. But I guess in that sense, like at first I was more intrigued because I was like, oh, OK, we're getting this whole like backstory. We're getting like a little bit of a mystery involved here. So maybe this will be cool. And they don't really live up to kind of what I would what would have wanted that to be if they were going with that type of story. Um, I do also think Matthew Lillard was great in this. I, I think he was a little shining light in the movie i actually liked josh hutcherson in this for for what he did i mean i i think he did a good performance i know 
Sterling, you said you don't really think he was acting much, <laughs> but I, I actually enjoyed what he did here. I, I thought he did a good job. Um, but yeah, I think if they had maybe had a little bit more of um, ups and downs or exciting moments that happened in the movie, it might've intrigued me or got me a little bit more captivated by this film. Um, it was dark and it was dreary and it was, I think it was a bit predictable in moments when you kind of know a little bit of what they're going for as the twist of this movie, I guess, if you want to say, but it was fine. It was okay. You know, I, um, I do think it was overhyped for how much everybody talked about the excitement they had for this movie. I have heard mixed reviews as well of like some people saying, Oh, I thought it was great. And I loved it. And then I have other people, we kind of put a poll out a couple of days ago about this and, some people were commenting like, I hated it. I thought it was terrible. Like it's really across the board, but whatever they did got them these high, super crazy numbers of people going to see it. So, you know, it, it did what it was supposed to do, I suppose. But yeah, um, it's an okay movie. I, I think that I wouldn't necessarily say it's something I'd want to rewatch or anything like that necessarily, but it was fine. Like, I didn't think it was a terrible movie, but I just don't think anything about it made it stand out. Recommendation and score? Yeah. Yep. Recommendations and score. Oh, there you go. Um, I mean, supposedly, if you're a fan of the games, then you're going to like this most likely. So I guess if you're a fan of the games, you're, this is going to speak to you more than it was somebody that knew nothing really about it. So um, just kind of expect, you know, a different story than what they pitch in the trailers and don't expect it to be like, it's going a million miles a minute with a bunch of different things. And it doesn't really ramp up at any point to like a climactic level of any kind. So it's it's okay, but I think it had potential to be way better than it was in a lot of different ways. But yeah, I think yeah, if you're if you're a fan of the games, I think you're gonna like this more than somebody who knows nothing about these games. Um again, I wasn't offended by any of the performances. I think they were fairly good. Like there's not that many people in this movie, but they were okay for what they were. Um I'll give it, um, oh, I don't know. I feel like I've gone back and forth on my score for this one. I'll go, um, 63 balloon boys that are hiding in your locker out of a hundred. Justin, what about you? Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think kind of just what Heather was saying, I think that really to appreciate this, you would have to be a fan of this game series and have played the games and really understand and, and understand the Easter eggs that you're seeing and all of that, which I hear there were a lot of them and there were a ton of them. So I just think that part of me, can't really get it because 
I just am not a fan. I don't play these games. And watching for that 45 minutes I watched those two playthroughs really didn't give me an understanding either of why people like I saw some things, but I felt like, man, the movie, but shoot, after I watched those playthroughs, I felt like the movie should have been tackled a different way. I would have just done this completely different. Like, I just think that maybe this would have needed to be R and I would have just put some people in here that couldn't get out and trying to go up against these animatronic uh, things, trying to figure out what was going on and maybe have a lot more gore in this. And I think maybe you would have had something. I would have just, I would have just tackled this a completely different way. But as it is, I just, I can't recommend it to somebody who is just a casual movie goer. I just don't think, I think you'll be like me. I don't think you'll get it, but I will say this in fairness, you know, I was a big fan of, the Super Mario Brothers movie. And a lot of the reason why is because I get it. You know, I've been playing Mario since Mario existed. So I got the movie. I understood the movie. I understood things that they were going for and and things like that. And so my enjoyment uh, of that was very immense because I felt like it was a movie made for somebody who is a fan of that. Yeah. So, so I'm going to be fair to this, you know, if you're a fan of this, I can't speak from that perspective, nor try to pretend I can. So I can't speak. So understand my review is, I guess the review of somebody who isn't a fan and that's fair game. If you'd rather hear from a fan, well, you're not going to find that perspective on here. And I think that that's fair to say for stuff like this, especially when you look at like the fan reviews and see fans enjoying it so much and saying, Oh man, it was exactly what I wanted from this kind of movie. So, you know, I didn't enjoy it, but Eh, maybe there is something to these fans who said that they did. Uh, but but with that being said, I'm a little bit lower than you, Heather. I was just kind of right in the middle. I didn't think that this was terrible, but I just didn't think it was good enough to be at a 60. So I just went 50 dreams that solved what exactly? Out of a hundred. You said a clean 50, right? Yeah. Okay, I heard that right. Okay. No, nah, I don't recommend it. I mean, if you're already a fan, I'm assuming you already saw it. And if you're not a fan, don't waste your time. Because that's all it will be. If you are not a fan of this franchise and you watch this movie, you will just be wasting your own time. So do so at your own peril. I highly disagree with both of you. I think it was bad. I think it's just a bad movie. 
with a shining light in the form of Matthew Lillard. I give it 20. Taping, taking sleeping pills at work because, I don't know, I guess that's what you do. Out of 100. So with all that, our official Cinescore is a 44. So, Justin, you were the closest. Congrats to you. Spoilers? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Spoilers. Did you guys realize that there were two Freddies in this? There were two different Freddies? No. Hmm. So apparently one of the Freddies in this movie is what's called Golden Freddy. So the Freddy that appears in the house to kidnap the little girl, that's Golden Freddy. That's an ultra evil Freddy. Which is personified by the little blonde fuck face kid in the dreams that has him like convinces him to sell his sister or whatever. If you notice throughout the thing, there's like four there. There's five ghosts, but there's only four animatronics. And that's because the fifth animatronic is golden Freddy. Okay. Sure. (laughs) And they have the audacity to say (laughs) that this movie is made for fans and non fans alike. At no point in this movie, if you are not a fan of this franchise, are you going to know that was two different fucking bears? Get the fuck out of here. They want to call that thing the Golden Freddy. It looked just like regular Freddy. It was, there was no difference. Yeah. That was Freddy and Freddy. <laughs> fuck off. That's the same damn bear. I don't give a fuck what name you want to call it. That was Freddy and Freddy. <laughs> like, Fuck all that. Um, I mean, the the problem with this movie is, is like, there are so many inconsistencies that they want to chalk it up to being the lore of the movie. And it's, it's Easter eggs and hints and, you know, threads to be told in later stories. Nah, it's sloppy filmmaking, bro. You can't sit there and say that there's five kids and therefore four animatronics, but then there's the fifth hidden secret ghost animatronic. But then there's also the cupcake animatronic, which is actually its own thing, according to the game's lore. But there's not a ghost for that one. So what are the rules for ghosts to animatronic ratios? Because then there's also the balloon gnome animatronic that you see at the very end of the movie. But there's no ghost that correlates to that. So as of right now, we are up two animatronics, two ghosts with no explanations. But then there's the brother that disappeared as a kid that is supposedly a ghost because it was done with the ritual. But there's no ghost for him. So where is his? So you're going to then sit there and add other animatronics later that are going to be at this building or whatever, but then all of a sudden now there's extra ghosts that just weren't in this because they were tired. I guess they were taking a ghost nap, so they didn't want to show up because maybe they only come out during the day and they don't come out at night. They're scared of the dark. Like, what the fuck are your rules for this? All you're going to sit day there ghosts. and do is just add ghosts and add animatronics as you fucking feel like, like it, and none of it's actually going to really tie together or make any fucking sense, but fans of the franchise are just going to sit there and go, oh my God, my dick is hard, 
because this is something I recognize from the game. So I'm going to masturbate to this movie for nine hours straight because it's on streaming. What the fuck is going on? Also, there are so many dreams in this. There are so many dreams and they're like trying to Freddy Krueger it. They're like, oh, you get cut in a dream. You get cut in real life. Okay, I guess that's some magic fucking bullshit in this. But like, and then, but in the end, the main bad guy gets killed by a picture. Because she could draw a picture and that's how the ghosts communicate. If that's how the ghosts communicate, then why the fuck was she talking to them? But also, they want to imply that the ghosts have been around her her whole life. Or at least since her parents died. Because she's been talking to these ghosts. Like, holy movie of convenience, Batman. This movie is just a series of whatever the fuck they need something to be to complete that scene. That's what this is. And one of the weirdest things I saw online, I'm going to be a little bit unhinged because I don't know. I don't know how to talk about this movie in a coherent fashion because there's nothing coherent about this movie. This is a, you know, your inner Matthew Lillard. It's fine. This movie is a lesser, like it's a lesser version of the non-cohesive story story that what prisoners of Ghostland was, which is by far the most unhinged episode that we have ever done on this because it was just me and Justin just verbally vomiting on our microphones because that's what the movie was. That's what this is. And I was saying all that because I had one point and then I completely fucking forgot what it was. I don't remember my point whatsoever. Oh, one of the things was that I kept seeing online is so many people talking about how, oh man, the spring locks were done to perfection. The spring locks are just metal fucking things that clamp. How do you do metal clamps wrong? It's either metal and it clamps or it's not. Like, how do you do that to perfection? It either it it, it either does this or it doesn't. Like, what? How? Do, how? Why? Why are fans impressed by the fact that they made metal clamp shit? How is that impressive? How is that the bar that they are setting for whether or not this movie did things right? At that. What the fuck is this thing doing? And also, one of the things I guess I don't understand because I, I, I'm a charlatan who gives zero fucks about the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. So apparently, according to this movie, when you put a child in that chair and you drill off its face with drills that you put in a mask for whatever reason, that traps the kid's soul into the the machine, but if you do it to an adult, it just murders them. Is that what this movie is saying happens? Cause that's what they I mean. Did. That's a good point. Or was that, well, no, I was going to say, was that one of like, did the cupcake become from one of those other guys? 
No, because the cupcake killed that. So maybe the balloon guy. Maybe that's why. Maybe only ghosts come back because they were kids. But if you're an adult, you don't come back as a ghost. And that's why the ghost to robot ratio is all fucked up. See, I'm already making more sense than this movie did. And I don't give a fuck. And I'm just saying words. Uh, I don't think I, while I do agree with you, Justin, up the gore, make this a fucking slaughter fest, you know, kind of like Willie's Wonderland was, it would have been better. At least I would have been entertained by just some violence or something, but the franchise is kind of T for teen. So they're going to do PG 13 movies to kind of maximize and line up with that. At least from what I saw, I know the first like four Five Nights at Freddy's games that were like the canon series and maybe not some of the spinoffs or whatever. Those were all like 12 plus games, you know, so I think that that's why they're going to keep the violence down in this. To kind of maximize their audience of children. But it should have been bloody. But like. I mean, I, I, way back in the day, I saw, you know, I, I, I think I technically did play the first Five Nights at Freddy's when it came out like fucking 10 years ago, or whatever. I played it like once or twice on my phone because it was on my phone. And in that, yeah, you, like you were saying, Justin, you're just a security guard and you're trying to stop them from coming in the room. And there really is no sense to that in this movie. They hint that that is going to be the case because they killed the security guard at the beginning of the movie. But at no point in the film do you actually feel like Josh is, or Max, or whoever the fuck the main character's name is, Billy Joe's security guard. You never feel like his life is in danger until after his little sister comes there. And that he doesn't want her to come back to it. You know what I mean? They're never trying to get in that room, which he'd be the easiest person in the world to murder in that instance. Because that motherfucker's taking sleeping pills and passed out. You could just walk in real quick, stabby, stab, stab, done. Movie over. These, these robots just ain't even trying. I I was so fucking bored, guys. I was so bored. This movie was like, hey, Sterling. Would you rather watch me or The Nun 2 again? And I was like, I'd rather just not any of it. Like, I've been pretty good for the past few months of like working out. And, and, you know, moving and, 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 and doing things and God, I did, I did, I just wanted to lie in bed. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to just not, I just wanted to not. Justin, what about you? Man. Well, it's just like I said, like, I just really think that this movie could have benefited from just being told the different way. 
So I get that maybe you couldn't have the gore, even though I really think it would have helped this. And now that I say that, you know, it only would have helped one scene. And that was when the, we were actually doing some animatronic killing, you know, or I guess you could count the first scene. So maybe the, the and then the scene where the people broke in, which I think that was probably the, probably that was the best that the movie got as far as just establishing these things as these dangerous, murderous, and animatronic creatures that could get you. I think that that might've been the most effective scene was when the, the ant sabotagers broke in to Freddy's to trash the place and got trashed. That might be like the closest this came to kind of feeling like it was getting something out of the horror and the atmosphere and things of that nature. I think that that, if I had to pick a strongest scene, I think it was probably that. But to your point that you were making about the video game and kind of what I was saying about the point and click game earlier, I wish that that first security guard had died doing exactly that. Like that would have been so cool if that security guard was in there trying to turn off you know, trying to find him on the cameras and he, and then he see one gets up and moves and he's like, where'd he go? And he's checking through these cameras and, you know, he's listening to this voice recording, tell him that sometimes the, the animatronics go crazy and stuff. You know, you could add some quotes from the game and he's trying to figure out where they are and he can't find them on the cameras. And then one comes up and he shuts that door. But then the, another one comes up from the other side. Oh, grabs him and he gets, you know, and then whatever happens to him happens to him. It'd been kind of cool. If like that first kill played out like the game, but then I think you should have just trapped a group of people in here and maybe like we've done this before. Maybe it's, you know, we've seen this concept before, but I think this would have been just infinitely more fun if we just had a group of people trapped in here and try and they couldn't get out the normal way. All the doors lock magically or something and they're trying to get out or they have to get, to a source of power that's on the other side of the building or, you know, you could come up with some rudimentary goal that we have to accomplish and they just have to get through and survive these machines. And then we get to the end and we find out what it's about, that they're all here because they're trying to make animals out of them and animatronics out of them. And that was the whole objective was they, they need a group of friends to play with. And maybe that's why, we're being accosted in this way. That's why we were summoned here, locked in here and being accosted in this way. I just think you could have done a simple concept and then just had a simple premise, had some really good jump scares. And even if you didn't have the gore, you could have really built some tension. You could have had some fun moments. We could have learned about these characters by their talks and interactions with each other Maybe some are friends, maybe a couple of them are siblings, whatever, you know, uh, you know, we could have heard about the brother going missing and going and the trauma of that, that way, um, or something like that. I don't know. I just would have done this 
an entirely different way. And you could have still had a 90 minute movie that I had with some Easter eggs and stuff. And I still think that this would have been a lot of fun, uh, at least more fun for me. What we wind up doing though, is, you know, we start with this, with this character. And at first, you know, I'll admit like, I was a little intrigued by the story. I was like, okay, where is this going with this with this Mike character? And, you know, he can't keep a job and, you know, he's kind of down on his luck. And, and you know that it's got to be for some reason, but you don't know yet. And I was just letting the movie kind of be the movie and go through. And, and at first I was kind of intrigued by why he was acting the way he was, why he was in the situation he was. Seems like he's trying to take care of his young sister, but he might lose custody of Abby and all of that good stuff. So I was kind of there with the movie trying to figure out what it was about, but I just felt like none of that stuff wound up being interesting enough for the time that it got. And I think that that was just a big problem with this. So much time was given to this. I got to find my brother and this mystery about what happened to my brother and who took him and everything like that. And by the time we got to the end, his brother's not even a, one of the ghosts or, or maybe he is, but we just don't know yet. But still in this movie, we don't find the brother ghost. We don't understand if the brother was made into one of the animatronics or something. We, we just don't know. So what, all that development, all those dreams, all that stuff, I just felt like I felt so unfulfilled by that story. So then it just had me questioning, why did we spend so much time with that? Um, And, and that's what I mean by this movie kind of lacked an identity. It wanted to have that so that the character had a backstory and some character that they thought that, you know, us casuals, since that's, I guess the category we fall in would care about. But I felt like that was unfinished. You sort of left some things unresolved, but not in a good way, not in a way to where, Oh, I can't wait to see the second one of this movie to find out what happened to Mike's brother. I mean, I could care less, you know, the the thing with the sister and her having the same dreams about these kids that the 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 animatronics ghost but the the, the kids and all that stuff I, I just thought all of that was so messy like why were they having the same dreams why were why was all of that connected i just it just didn't none of that came together for me and it was just kind of weird. Like I, I didn't think they tied all of those threads effectively. And so, and then you've got an aunt and she's trying to get custody. There was just so much family melodrama. And I think it really took away from what should have just been a fun romp in this Freddy's pizzeria with us trying to survive these animatronic ghosts things trying to kill us and make us one of them. And I feel like even though some of that was there because the movie had to try to develop all these characters. And then the police woman, that was the 
sorry, the policewoman that was the 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 daughter of the of the main villain inventor, the the Matthew Lillard character, Steve. So, you know, the cop daughter. And and that was weird too. She was doing a lot of weird things that just didn't make sense for a policeman, didn't yep. make sense for a person, didn't make sense for a character. She just kind of was what the movie needed her to be at 100% spots. that was her character, yeah. Like it was just whatever this character needs to do. Does she need to be uh, you know unreasonably nice to our main character? She will be that. Does she need to not tell him something that she could have easily told him and could have we could have avoided a lot of this? Well, she's not going to tell him. Could she have done something this whole time to make this journey just a little bit easier or for our characters to understand what kind of danger they were in. Yeah, she could have, but she's not. She's just not going to I like how they explain it. Things. I like how they explain it away with saying like where she's like, Oh, I tried to warn you in my own way. Like that's the weirdest like explanation for any of this that you could give. Well, but thank you for that. <laughs> like I, which is weird because like to me a warning isn't hey Let's build a pillow fort with the evil robots. That is the biggest <laughs> mixed signal of a warning I've ever right. fucking heard. You know? Yeah. When she's like, I tried to warn you. When? When you were going, hey, guys, let's all lie yeah. between these chairs with some blankets. And let's put a roof on it. You know? Because they're evil. Get out of here. Like, she didn't say, like, you know what I mean? Like, she's like, no, guys, let's play. And she's like, I tried to tell you they were evil, you know? When I was like, hey, get a roof, wink, wink. How did yeah, you not get of, that crystal yeah, clear? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I like, how did she actually warn? She could have even just been like, if you, like, I don't know, something about, like, I'll, I'll arrest you or something if you, you know, are here past something. I don't know. Like, there's, she, there's something else she could have done. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, she could have said, get the fuck out of here and don't go. It's like... Don't take your little sister there. Yeah, any any sort of actual warning because, you know, it's not just like, you know, uh, oh, well, hopefully you don't get caught sleeping on the job. It's like, no, there's murdered kids here. So maybe a little bit more of a warning would be nice. Or how about even instead of I hope you don't get caught sleeping, how about don't sleep, they'll murder you. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or I don't know, you're a police officer. You know the other people who have taken this job have been killed. Like, why are you a police officer? Like So she can be complicit in the crimes. I guess so. I guess that was the only reason. Like I, I mean, why are you allowing this to happen? And why don't you just be the security guard? Why don't you just do the security there? Then your dad can just be, you know, be in there chilling. You could just be in there chilling with the animatronics and nobody has to die. I don't know that that character is so strange to me. And it was like, oh, well, this is my father. So, okay. But that just doesn't explain away all of her actions. She just seemed, and I guess they were going for this daughter torn 
between the murderous inventor father and, you know, and everything like that. But I don't know. I would have just not had this character. I just think we needed a different character. I just think we needed something else. We, we, or we didn't need her at all. I just, and and then it was like, oh, they kind of wanted to have this will they or won't they kind of between her and the Mike character that didn't come across either. Like they kind of wanted it in there, but then they kind of didn't. And so they just, so it was just nothing. It was just another thing that just felt very, very unresolved, you know, like they, and I, I like what you said, Justin, of like how it just didn't happen because they had the chemistry of a moldy carrot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Pretty much. So even in those scenes where it's like, oh, she's learning about him and caring about him, even still, it was like, why is she making all this effort? I just, you know, I just didn't understand. Like, it was just the weirdest. Like, this movie was just so, what I mean, like, all over the place tonally with everything. And, yeah, when we get to the point where it's like, let's build a fort with these monsters, I was just like, why are we doing this? Like, I I was so confused as to why tonally we were here and, and i mean i maybe if that's something that happens in the games okay maybe there's a game where you can befriend them or something i don't know or maybe it was oh well they're buttering up the kid so they can eventually get the kid okay but that would just felt like such a weird turn none of that felt scary none of that felt like what i thought this was supposed to be you know when you watch the preview of this it seems like it's really going to be more dark, scary kind of horror type thing. And I just don't feel like it felt like it wanted to be like that sometimes, but then the other time it wanted to be a brother, sister drama. And then other times it just wanted to be a, Oh, they're, they're scary, but they're my friends and weird kind of kids thing. I just felt like it was too all over the place. I think this needed focus and it needed to just have a few threads, a few stories and just tell that. Well, pick how you want these characters to come off. How do we want the animatronics to be murderous, ravenous things that are trying to kill these people or do we want them to be the kind of, they pretend like they're okay until you see a darker side, pick a lane and just let's just do that. And I think that that's my biggest, biggest problem with this movie. Like it just felt like it was so all over the place narratively. And I just don't see them. And especially with all the money it made and the success it's having, they'll just think, okay, we can just do more of the same. So we're going to do more characters and more kind of, intermixing of things and stories and stuff like that. And I just, I just really don't feel like any of this worked for me narratively. I was just, I, it was just too much of a bunch of things when I felt like we could have just focused on one or two things and been, a, and it, this has been a much better movie for me. Um, First, 
with what you said about it being a franchise, man, I see this. They're going to try to make this another Fast and Furious. They're like, all right, let's green light nine more movies and a spinoff. Let's go. Um, One quick thing before you go, Heather. Justin, I'm somewhat disappointed in you. You love allegories. And somehow you missed the allegory of the, the, the pillow f- uh, fort scene of run. They're monsters. Stay away. <laughs> I mean, come on. You didn't pick up on that You're somehow? Right. Yeah. I, I can't believe I didn't pick up on that. It's, it's all between Damn. the lines. Every single smile, every tooth that the woman showed in the smile was a different warning. Mm, in her own way. You're right. Yeah. And I guess in a way we all warn people in our own way when we don't warn them, we're really warning them. Yeah. I guess we all do it all the time. It's, it's, so. it's That's a, the lesson I took. Yeah. It's a commentary on the human condition. Mm, yeah. It's got it layers, guys. Human. It's got layers. Yeah. Yeah. The complexities mm. that is the, the human animal and the human spirit and how when they intertwine, do I sound like I'm saying as much bullshit as this movie did? Heather, your turn. Go. You sound like you're saying more than the movie was, to be honest. Yeah, so yeah. Um. I think it's because I'm trying, you know, yeah, what yeah. this movie didn't do. <laughs> and I mean, and I will say, while I, I would say I, I like this movie more than I didn't like it. I don't know. Breaking it down does make me kind of lower my score a bit. But either way, I think like... This movie, what what time period does this movie take place in again? It's Early two like, thousands. Yeah, I mean, my thing with it too is like one of the things that bugged me is when when Mike is going in for that interview with Steve and and he's like wanting him to take this job, and Mike's like, I can't do nights. Like just the the guy thinking the audacity of you to not want to work nights, like like not even realizing like oh maybe he has a situation where he can't do nights he was just like okay man like just really like disappointed that he didn't want to work nights when it's like it just kind of really judging him for that when I feel like well there's so many reasons people can't work a night shift like what if he has his own kid and I I thought the reason for that was his sister right like he has his sister so he can't work at night all the time but I just thought it was funny like that it was just like such a big deal that he was turning down a night job. Like it was just weird to me that he was like so off put by that. Like, like, Oh, that's a deal breaker. If you can't work nights, you know, cause everybody works night shifts. Like, I don't know. It was just very weird. And then like also too, when he realizes the last name of, of Mike and then like kind of clicks for him, like I want him to have this job because he's the brother of this other kid that I took or whatever. I'm like, first of all, do you really remember the names of the kids that you took for one, let alone their last name? And also like, it's, what was their last name? I don't even remember. It was. Bear some, <laughs> It was something that was not uncommon. So I'm also like there, this could like, you're just so sure immediately that this is his brother like, you don't know anything about his background. As far as I could tell, he didn't. And, you know, he was just like immediately like, oh, this kid. Okay. Yeah, I definitely want to 
make sure that he's part of this now. Like it just didn't seem realistic that he just immediately knew and was like, yes, I get to have my symmetry or whatever he was talking about. Like that. It could have just been a random person that had the same last name. Like you don't even, how are you so sure they're related? You know what I mean? It was just, I mean, I'm sure there was a file. I know he was looking at like why he got fired from his other job and whatever, but I don't think there's anything specifically said about like, oh, his brother, you know, was kidnapped however long ago or whatever it was. But I just thought that was kind of funny. And then that was in his special skills section on his resume. Brother kidnapped when I was a kid. Yeah, it's a special skill. (laughs) Yeah, definitely on there. Special skill is sleeping because I have nightmares about this all the time or something. Taking sleeping medication whilst on the job. Right. Special skill. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Put it and underline it for sure. It's a big one. But yeah, I think um, also the fact that there was no ghost brother did bug me too. Because I'm like, there are all of these ghost children that were taken by the same guy that kidnapped his brother, but his brother ghost is not there. <laughs> like I just didn't understand that. Well, I looked it up a little bit while we were talking and the theory is that according to the games, there's multiple Freddy's locations that have possessed animatronics. Mm-hmm. And that the thought is that the brother would be an animatronic at another site. Okay. But you know. you know what? That's all well and good, but I don't think they gave that to us. Like oh. the fact that you have to look it up after is like, okay. <laughs> oh, that's completely fair. You know? I'm just saying that that's apparently a thing. Not mm-hmm. that it's any still less of a problem in this movie right. because they're just, it's a bunch of, they just throw a bunch of shit in here. And well, it, it's, it, you, you get the feeling that it's just going to be, you know, whatever works for a sequel is the shit that's going to carry over and the shit that doesn't make sense in a sequel. They're going to just ignore that. But you know, they dedicated 27 days of film to put it all on the, the, you know, the screen (laughs) like, right. Just to take what sticks. Yeah. And it's kind of like what you've talked about before with like, if I have to do homework after to figure out what's actually happening in it, it kind of takes away from the enjoyment of the film. And I could totally see that being the case here as well. Right. Especially like, and when you brought up the two, the two Freddy's thing and I'm like, what indicator would there have ever been that that was a thing? Like, why do we need to go back and look that up to know that that was a thing? Like, do you think we're going to appreciate that more? Or do you think that we're going to be like, well, that was dumb. You should have clarified that more, which is but kind I, of where we're at with it. And apparently that's such a big deal in the game. Right. And to me, it's, I think technically the, the Freddy that comes to the house is a lighter color is a more golden furred mm-hmm. bear than the other one. But that's also slightly disingenuous because the, the Freddy that's in the store the whole time is either dimly lit or has a spotlight on it, which are not accurate representations of color. Therefore, how is anybody that doesn't play the games ever really going to notice the subtle palette swap? Like it's mortal Kombat, and it's a fucking ninja. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. And like, and, and the thing that I was kind of alluding to earlier 
is just the fact that I didn't realize this is going to be so much about, yeah, the kidnapping of Mike's brother and like how that haunts him. And he has these nightmares and stuff like that about it. And I think that they had potential there to make that story really interesting because when it started out and you don't really know the pattern of how the story is going to go at first, it is interesting. In my opinion, I was like, Oh, what's going to happen here? Are they going to figure it out? What's going to go down? You know, the mystery aspect of it was kind of cool, but then it just kept repeating the same dream and then not really actually giving you anything more that much in any of the dreams. So you're just like, okay, the idea was there, but the execution was not. And so you just feel like the the most interesting thing that they did in this movie was lacking because of that, you know, and uh, also agree that if Matthew Lillard was in this more, might have got it up a few points because, I mean, he's only in it a little bit. And as unhinged as he does get and as over the top as he gets, which I love, he is also actually a good actor, like beyond that. Like, I think that his line delivery of even when he was just in the office, even though the whole idea of him knowing that it was the the kid's brother is dumb. But, you know, his that scene that he did with him was good. I think he, you know, he's got the he's got the the skill, but it's over the top Matthew Lillard that you have to love well, in, in situations like this. With what you're talking about, it's a good actor delivering bad lines. That, yes, that's a better way to say it. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what he it can is. give a good performance and it still be like, a terrible mm-hmm. line to, that you hate. He yes. delivered it accurately. He did some good facial expressions during that scene. He did everything you want an actor to do in that job interview scene. Right. While saying dumb dialogue. <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And and Matthew Lillard is like, he's kind of like a, a staple of the 2000s, I think, or like the early 2000s. Like you just know him from all these things. I uh, more recently saw him in, Uh, Good Girls, the TV show, which is more of like a drama type situation. Um, And he's really good in it. Like he he's he's not the unhinged, crazy guy. He's actually really good in it, though. So I I just he's got a lot of range, you know, so I just love seeing him in anything that he does because he's just you don't know what he's going to bring. But whatever energy he's bringing, he brings it well. So I'm, I'm here for that. But yeah, I think um, I, I just really wanted so much more from that that backstory of Mike because it just felt like going into it, that was the main focus of this film when you got down to it. And if that was going to be the main focus and sort of kind of not tell you that that's what it was, but that's what they made it, they should have done it better so that you cared more that that was like, oh, Sneaking in this story here. Okay, cool. Well, give me more to care about then. So, yeah. And also, I completely agree about the cop lady. Vanessa, I think was her name. Um, just the most point. And also, like, a terrible cop. Like, she was... How long would she stay there in that place with him? Just hanging out, building forts and whatnot? Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you have other places to be right now? You're All a this other crime is happening. She gives right. zero fucks about it. Right. Like, yep. Why right. is it when a, when a cute security guard's hired at Freddy's, crime right. skyrockets in that town? Right. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So I'm just like, what was... The, and it was And it was probably supposed to be like a 
I don't know. They just felt like they needed to add that element for whatever reason, or if they were going to change it up, because my understanding is that in the games, um, aren't, aren't Mike and Steve related or something like that, where I think Mike is supposed to be the son of. Yeah. In Steve. the games. What there? Yeah. The Mike character is the son of somebody. Yeah. That's related. Right. And, and so they, it's kind they of wanted to twist. And- mm-hmm. Exactly. So it's like, if you're going to do that and like, it just felt like the whole point was we want to change it up a little bit, but still kind of keep that in there. So they just added a daughter as the character and it just, yeah, nothing that she did with her line delivery. That's the difference between her and Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Cause her line delivery was not good. <laughs> she also had the dumber lines of all the characters, the worst lines, but also like you don't, I don't know. I just, I wasn't feeling her performance like Josh Hutcherson and Matthew Lillard were good, but she was, I wasn't really feeling hers. Like, I don't know. And it could just because her character in general felt very just not needed, (laughs) just not important. I'm, I'm now disappointed in you, Heather, because do you know how hard it is? to act while you're having to give lines whilst also having to not say warnings with your smiles. She's multitasking like a motherfucker. She's just doing so much. She was juggling a lot that day for sure. Cause I feel like all her stuff was done probably in one day too, to be honest. (laughs) You guys just missed all the allegories and all the, the, the subtle acting nuances that was that character. Yeah. Which are the, the levels, things that you two supposedly love. Subtle acting performances and, and allegories. You guys just missed it. Why are you simultaneously making fun of the performance and us? <laughs> That's a special skill there. Yeah. He's just become all over the place, which was the mindset of this movie. Yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. know if he wants to make fun of us or the movie or say that it's good <laughs> or bad or that it has sure. weird allegories or not. He's just all <laughs> over the place. And that's exactly how I felt watching it. Bravo. <laughs> like that's how you do a performance right there. <laughs> that's what they should have done. He's just the matching the tone of the what film. This movie was. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, later in the episode, I'm just going to curl up in a ball and cry. Yes. Yep. <laughs> on point all of it yes <laughs> but yeah oh, excuse I just me think... i'm gonna take a nap real quick i'll be back <laughs> gotta get all the movie in this yes all the plot points the major plot points um and yeah i just the the animatronic stuff too like it was it was fine but if i'm honest though it it was less interesting to me even more so than the, the missing brother storyline. Like I just, I guess I just really, at least the entire movie was like, they're going to get more into this, right? They're going to actually do something with this and they never really did. So, but all that to be said, like this was, it was, it was different, I guess in a way um, of like trying to do, you know, a backstory for a main character in a horror film. Sure. Something like that. But it just never, nothing ever fully gelled with it, which is why I can't really give it a higher score than I did because 
the the little bits that they give me that I did enjoy weren't enough to make this even considered a solid film. You know, it's just it's not solid because like you've said, like it's just all over the place with what it's trying to say, with its plot points, with its story. And what does it accomplish in the end? Not really much of anything. So, yeah, I I agree with you guys for the most part. But even with all of the flaws of it and everything like that, it was still a fine. It was fine. Like it doesn't egregiously offend me. You know what I mean? But it just it also doesn't make me be like, I'm excited for this film. I'm excited for sequels. And I will say that I'm glad I didn't watch it in theaters. I am glad that I watched it from home because I feel like that was a better call for this particular movie. So. I do want to give one quick correction. When everybody was talking about spring traps and the accuracy of spring traps, they weren't talking about the mechanism. They were actually talking about the rabbit suit that Matthew Lillard was in. Apparently that was an accurate costume. Oh, okay. Mm. I guess I still don't care. It's still dumb. Like I, I want to be fair to the movie and the people that were saying it, that I was making fun of that. They were like, Oh, impressed by the spring traps. That's the name of the rabbit animatronic. So they were saying that, or that, that the yellow rabbit that Matthew Lillard's character. Yeah. It was spring trap, which also terrible name for a kid's animatronic. character. I was Spring about to say, trap? like, that's, yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. And it's like naming a rabbit, like, or like a, like a duck character, like dead duck or something. Like, it's just weird. Like, you don't name something <laughs> yeah. like a trap. Like, what the fuck is that? Beak trap, the duck costume or whatever. Yeah. It, it's weird. I don't know. I didn't, that I never would have guessed that that would be the name of it. So I understand your confusion with that. And I think also, like, I agree with your point about if this had been, like, a group of people here trying to survive, kind of like Willie's Wonderland, you know? Like, it it actually would have been more interesting because even when you get that group of people at the beginning that are supposed to be, like, setting up Mike or whatever, if that had been something where they were, it was a more long-running thing and they were trapped in there with Mike and they were all trying to survive... But then Mike realizes this group of people is against me. Plus these animatronic things are also against me. That could have made for a more interesting story or at least climactic point of the story. So that was also a little bit of a missed opportunity, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with what you said there. And if they would have just done that and like picked a lane and like the daughter could have been in there too, but maybe you think, we think she's on our side. You know, you're going through all this stuff and then you find out towards the end, oh, the daughter was in on it too. That's why this group of people is in there. But maybe her and Mike kind of get to talking or whatever and maybe he's got this sister and she kind of, she finds out the backstory about the brother going missing and maybe instead of him taking sleeping pills to have dreams to try to solve the mystery of his brother. Why isn't he looking at police reports? Why isn't he obsessing about the car and going around trying to figure out, okay, who did, do you know who this was or why hasn't he looked up uh, everybody who can I try to find out 
everybody who owns this model car and see Any if it led back to anything evidence. like this dude should have been obsessed with. And then and see the, the lesson that they had in the movie was at the end. He was like, you know, I've been doing I've been obsessed with the past. But Abby, it's you that I should have cared about. That's what this character should have been. You didn't need the dreams. You didn't need any of that. You could have started with him being obsessed. And maybe that's why he's trying to land all these jobs. Like he's got this sister, but he's not talking to her much. He's kind of being distant to her because he's so obsessed with trying to solve this mystery himself. The cops never could. So he's out here saving money, playing detective, trying to figure it out himself. And maybe by the and yeah. then by the time he takes the job and we're trapped in this situation, he would get out. Maybe he realizes I may never find out what happened to my brother. But what's more important are the people who are alive and in my life. And maybe you would have just had something. You didn't need all the sleeping pills, the dreams and the sister having the same dreams as me and all that other kind of stuff. Cut all that shit, man. You know, you didn't need that. I could real quick, I can fix this movie and fix the whole franchise completely real quick for you guys. So Go for it. this shouldn't have been the first movie. The first movie should have been the story of the security guard we see at the beginning. Kind of make it more like the game. Have a single security guard. First night, he kind of sees some weird shit, doesn't quite understand it, and you go through, and then by night five, it's the whole anarchy, animatronics trying to kill him. You know, you can even have a couple of people bust in there, and he watches them die, you know, to kind of add to a body count, because you kind of need a body count. You can do all that shit, and then at the end of the movie, he dies. Just like the beginning of this movie. You do a second movie. Do that kind of like what you guys were talking about of, a group of kids just break in on a dare. Mayhem breaks loose. Animatronics, death, death, death. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. The third movie is this movie. You can almost keep it the same. This is the third movie. Do it like the games, because apparently in the games, the supernatural lore of the ghost kids and all that other shit debuts in the third game. It's not from the original. So then you have this be that. Have it be where he's trying to track down his brother's killer. We could add elements of what you were just talking about. He was having, he has those dreams. You can keep that the same. He has those dreams of that night, but during the day he's been like you guys said, obsessed with it, trying to track stuff down. You can even have it go as far as I came across police reports that mentioned the same car I saw that took my brother that happened in this town. And whenever it happened in this town, the cops originally thought it was tied to Freddy's. That's why I wanted to be the security guard here. You can have the daughter be a part of like, have the daughter be the cop just like in this, but have her believe her father's lies that it's just a coincidence that these and these animatronics are alive because you can have them kind of be like they are with her or the little girl where they were always friendly to her. And her dad's like, look, I, everybody wants to blame us, you know, cause they think something's weird. Cause 
they think our animatronics are alive. They don't actually know. It, the kidnappings have nothing to do with us. And the daughter believes it. And she just stays around to protect the animals that were her friends as a kid from people that want to kill them because they don't understand and because she believes the lie. And then throughout the movie, she realizes based on what Mike says about her brother, his brother and all this other stuff. And he's describing the car and she's like, fuck, that was our car growing up. And she realizes throughout the movie, her dad lied to her. And that's why she has a change of heart at the end. I like that. You could play out most of the movie the same. But this, it can't be the first movie. It doesn't fit as a first movie. This fits as a movie later on. Because this is when you're expanding the universe. Do you do all the bullshit that's in this movie? This isn't an establishing movie. There's no cohesion to it. But that's how you fix this movie in the franchise is you just shift the order and you shift the motivations of the girl, of the cop. Yeah. And I like that being that she just, and, and if, and it's funny you say that because at first I even think for a moment, I thought that's what it was. The cop, they were the cop's friends and she just misunderstood. Maybe she didn't know about the deaths or she didn't know the secret that her father was out. You know, I thought hope I thought it was going to maybe do something like that. And then they just didn't. She knew everything. But I love what you said. Like, I think that that would have been the way to go. She could have been somebody who believed the lies and then got revealed through this journey. Oh, no, I've been lied to. And my dad really is a murderer. And maybe there are these kidnappings and murders. She didn't know anything about them. She just thought she was being a cop, just doing the right thing, protecting, uh, you know, protecting them until we got into this sudden situation, you know. And, and the whole time she could have been like, as they're surviving, she could have been like, no, they're misunderstood. Something has to be wrong. They've never acted like this. You know, maybe at first she's withholding info, but then something, a near death happens and then they barely escape one of them. And she's like, why is this happening? And she sort of kind of gives, uh, you know, gives our character, lets our survivors know that she knew about them already but they've never acted like this something's going on you know something's wrong and you know she could be the misunderstood one that kind of knew about it already and then like you said you you know you finally you learn all that stuff you get to the end she has a change of heart i mean all of that sounds infinitely better than what i watched just infinitely better and it's so much more focused you know what i mean Well, and I don't blame you, Justin, for thinking that that's what they were going to do with that character. Because, you know, that's kind of what they did for like the first 20 minutes of the character being on screen. It was like that. Like you were playing it one way and then it just shifts and it shifts again. And they, you know what I mean? They just never act. It's what we've talked about. There's no cohesion in any of it. So her shifting motivations and shifting motives and all these things are just because they didn't write it out in a linear way that actually makes mm-hmm. sense from what they show you that character at the beginning of the movie, and what they show you later. Like 
that's the thing is if she's going to be in Five Nights at Freddy's two or three, or she's going to be a, a you know a mainstay of the franchise. Why? She's a terrible person. She's been completely complicit in child murder for decades. Actively covering up the murder and kidnapping of children. Yeah. You don't really have a, like a rebound, like redeeming story arc from that. She saved one kid. I don't give a fuck. You at least know about the, and we're actively covering up the murder of a minimum of five, according to this movie. So she just needs to not wake up then. She just needs to be confined to that hospital bed. <laughs> five Nights at Freddy's needs to start with she took a turn for the worse and her character's dead. Yep. I mean, I just, I think it's such a simple fix for this franchise. It's just, there's so much lore to the, the, the games and the books now that they just wanted to dive into that. But without realizing why that works in the games, because it started with a simple, I'm a security guard, robots be crazy. Yeah, That's what started it. So start with that. It really yeah, start is the, with that. the same problem that the DCEU started with was, oh, Marvel has an expanded universe, cinematic universe now. So we're just going to start and say we have that instead of building it. We're just going to be like, yep, we have that. And it never, it never gelled. Yep. And this was kind of like, to your point, that Batman Superman, where we're trying to do Batman Superman, death of Superman and start the Justice League all in one movie. And you just can't do it. Batman Superman, Wonder Woman. We're going to introduce Doomsday. We're going to have all this shit. We're going to have Batman hate Superman, but then love Superman. And, you know all this shit in one movie. That's like, what it's, it is, it, it, it's a frenetic mess of, they want to establish a universe the lazy way by just saying we have a universe instead of building it. Because mm-hmm. as many, as much as I have issues with the MCU and all this other stuff, you can't say that they did not build a universe. They took their time and they built it. They didn't just start with Iron Man 1 and say, here's all of Marvel Comics in this universe. They built it movie by movie for like six movies, and then they had one. Come on. Anyway, you guys got any more thoughts about this movie? We done. Can I move on? Can I forget this movie exists now till the second one it comes out and we have to watch that one? Yes, you can. <laughs> I've never seen it. Like this movie is the first one since these strikes happened that made me wish the writers and actors were still both on strike. So <laughs> this wouldn't like, I would never have to worry about this coming out again. <laughs> Just to make sure a second one never happens. They just never, like, all movies stop existing just so I can avoid there being a Five Nights at Freddy's 2.
anything but you. Alright, are you ready? Yeah. Come on. Cinema Slayers. Cinema Slayers.